You're listening to From Fernando Villigo News here on Waterberg Stereo. I got uh, Thomas De Witt from De Witt and De Villiers uh, Brokers uh, back on the program today. We're going to give you some advice on insurance-related issues and specifically with regard to dog attacks and the damages flowing from that. Um, yeah, um, welcome uh, back, Thomas. Ah, good morning, Volker. Uh, thank you for having me on the show and thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about this very interesting topic. Yeah, it's very uh, uh, relevant. Uh, and uh, before I give uh, Thomas a chance to give us maybe some advice, once again, from an insurance uh, perspective, I can uh, refer you to two articles that now were published uh, recently in the Times Live and also on uh, businesstech.co.za reporting on this uh, court case in the Supreme Court of Appeal that uh, was uh, recently uh, handed down. And uh, that, again, dealt with a dog attack and actually a very sad story. According to the facts in the case, there was a gardener and a refuse collector who was attacked without any warning or reason by three dogs on the street. And his uh, injuries were serious. He uh, actually lost uh, his uh, left arm. Now, he um, said to the court, he uh, testified in court that he didn't do anything to provoke the dogs. Uh, he also obviously argued that he was lawfully present in the public road where he was attacked by those three dogs. And he then instituted a claim for 2.4 million rand of damages that he allegedly suffered. And um, yeah, the, the owner of the dogs was uh, sued. And uh, his defense that was that the dogs had been locked inside the property. And he said that an intruder must have uh, gotten access or tried to gain access uh, through the locked gate and probably broke the, uh, the padlocks there and uh, left the gate open or somehow um, caused the dogs to uh, be able to get out of the fenced area and into the street to then attack uh, the plaintiff, the gardener that uh, suffered the damages. So the argument there was that he wasn't to blame because it wasn't his uh, fault. There was a third party that caused the gate to be open or caused the dogs to leave the premises and consequently he felt that he shouldn't be held liable. So that's an interesting uh, question. I don't know what the uh, listeners uh, think. Um, I don't know whether uh, they think that the gardener should suffer these damages and not be able to claim from the dog owner or should the dog owner be forced to pay the gardener for the damages that he suffered. Uh, once again, uh, keeping in mind that according to the evidence in front of the court, the dog owner was not, not uh, negligent. It wasn't his fault that the gates were open. So why should he uh, have to pay, uh, was his argument in court. The Supreme Court of Appeal then had a look at uh, three recognized defenses in our law, which the owner of an animal, an owner of an uh, animal can raise as a defense. Um, those three defenses are the following. Firstly, he can uh, argue that the injured party was in a place where he had no right to be. For example, if a thief uh, uh, enters your house and he's bitten by a dog there, then obviously he cannot claim damages for that because he was unlawfully in your house. Second uh, defense is that there was provocation by the injured party or by a third party, which caused, for example, the dog to attack the injured person, and then uh, 
The third recognized defense in our law is that uh, the custody and control of the animal had been given to a third party who negligently then failed to prevent the animal from causing the harm. Now, none of these three defenses obviously were available with the set of facts that we have to the defendant in this case. So the defendant then argued, the dog owner, argued that these recognized defenses should be extended to include a case where there was negligence on the part of a third party that led to the dog attack. In this case, the argument was that someone else, a third party, had left the gate open and that caused the dogs to get out and consequently there was an injury. So what did you, or what do you think did the court find? Now the court, interestingly enough, held that these recognized defenses should not be extended. The court said that it is the responsibility of the owner of the animal to prevent harm to third parties. So in this court, the, uh, in this case, the court said that the dog owner can indeed be uh, held liable. And I would like to read a quote there from the case. Uh, the judge said that for nearly 200 years in South Africa, owners of animals have been strictly have been held strictly liable for harm done by domesticated animals. People are entitled to walk our streets without having to fear being attacked by dogs. And where such attacks occur, they should in most circumstances be able to look to the owner of the dog for recompenses. So, um, yeah, those uh, are the uh, facts of the case. That's the decision of the court. So far-reaching consequences, I guess, for uh, dog owners. So the effect of this is that if your dog attacks someone, and there's injury caused, then uh, the chances are very good that you're going to be held liable for the damages, irrespective of whether you were negligent or not, strict liability. So what can you do to um, prevent that loss? Uh, so obviously, yeah, it's important for all dog owners to make sure that the dogs are uh, properly uh, locked up and uh, cannot get into the street to bite someone or cannot uh, bite anybody that uh, enters their premises uh, lawfully. Uh, the other option is, of course, and that's why we got uh, Thomas on the line, is to look at the insurance to make sure that you do have cover uh, for in case something like this happens. Or let me rather ask the question, is it possible, uh, Thomas, to get uh, insurance for dog bites? Um, what advice would you have for the listeners? Thank you, Volker. Yeah, that's a very interesting court case. And uh, 2.4 million is a big um, a sum amount that was awarded to the to the person that lost his arm. But when we look at insurance, and especially um, in this case, when, you, when you're liable for your dog bites a, a third party, I think there's a couple of uh, aspects we need to look at. So first of all, we live in South Africa, and due to the high crime rate in South Africa, most of us will have a dog to protect our property, um, most people today have dogs inside the house and outside. So it's dogs is not a nice to have anymore. It's almost a necessity when you live in South Africa. And if you look at the bigger picture, is um, South Africa has one of the highest incidents of dog attacks in the world. Uh, most dog bites uh, injuries uh, occur from dogs that, that the victim knew at the stage. So they're familiar with the, with the dog. 
And very sad statistic um, is that most victims of dog bites in South Africa are children between the years of five and ten years. So, and then in this case, and I understand why this 2.4 million was awarded to the victim, is that um, the average cost per claim increased with 15 percent from 2019 to 2020. And maybe statistics that's not relevant if you're the victim, but nevertheless is that pit bulls were responsible for the highest percentage, 22% of these attacks, uh, where mixed breeds, I think, was only 20% and followed by German 17%. Um, yes, yeah, so if you look at all these facts on the table and th these last two cases that, we, that you guys spoke about, um, even including the lady that lost her nose uh, recently that was in, in, in the newspaper and report, is that I think in the past, uh, liability insurance was a nice to have. I think that we've gone past that stage now where it's a nice to have. It is absolutely a sensitivity to have uh, any kind of insurance. Um, to answer your question, yes, there's a few options on the table. Um, so dark-related injury are covered under your personal liability portion of your homeowner's insurance. Uh, we live in an ever more developing world where um, pet insurance becomes very popular these days. And um, pet insurance has an extension where you can have cover for liability to third parties. But the most important thing here, Volker, is to check your exclusions on, on your policy. Um, every policy, every company is different. So, and um, you, you need to be, as the owner of the policy, you need to be aware of that. Um, I think if we look at personal legal liability insurance, it's, it's a cover of negligence. So um, most of the times we, we talk about uh, the wording, uh, what the reasonable man test is. What would the reasonable man test do in these circumstances? But as we saw with these, these two cases, at the end of the day, the court will decide. But um, one of the, the key aspects of a liability policy is that people need to be aware of it is a third-party liability policy. So your policy will be in the policy holder, that means the member of the family or people that live with him. So the key question is who can claim then under your liability policy? So it's any person who's not employed by you, any person whose name is not on the policy wording, and that means members of your family or members of your family who normally live with you. So, and I think what a lot of people are not aware of is that the liability policy is a policy for anywhere in the world. So it's not just if your dog bites someone on your premises. Let's say you've done everything that you possibly can, but the dog runs out and bites someone three blocks down the street, then it's still covered under your liability policy. Now, the key thing here is that we've seen that normally a dog attack goes with the circumstances around a vicious attack. So, and then normally you look at accidental body injuries, illness. Um, there's a lot of things that, that, that the, the, the liability policy covers. But what does it mean for a possible dog bite victim? So those damages include the pain, the damage to, to, to the property possibly, uh, current and future medical expenses, disability, disfigurement, um, um, legal fees, um, trauma. So, in other words, we look at all, all, all costs and expenses here. Um, I know that's a mouthful, um, but I, I think a lot of the, 
the, the time when you when, when you the with, the with the victim, all of this is is, is meaningless. So we, we have to look here from a dog owner's perspective, is that what can a dog owner do? And I think in this court case uh, that you mentioned to Kluter and Van Meijeren, is that it looks if the owner did everything possible from his perspective to secure his property, secure his dog, and still he suddenly has got a, a legal claim of 2.4 million against him. So the question is, should you have uh, insurance for these circumstances? Absolutely, yes. Okay. Yeah, thanks. I, I think that uh, certainly makes sense. So the personal, li personal liability insurance, that obviously refers to your liability um, for various um, potential harm caused to third parties. No? So, um, uh, and, and that would then also cover a dog bite, uh, like, like in this case. No? So if this a specific um, a person who was sued there, that dog owner had uh, personal liability insurance, I'm actually not sure whether he did, uh, that would, uh, as a general rule, uh, cover that case. Is that right? That's correct. And just to make one point clear, we're talking here about domesticated animals, in this case, domesticated dogs. Um, I think the statistics in South Africa is that 95% of animal attacks um, are from domesticated dogs. So this means if you have anything besides a domesticated animal, it's excluded. Okay, yeah, yeah. So as you said, obviously you need to study your um, insurance contract carefully and to get some proper advice in that regard to know exactly what the exclusions are. Ne? So uh, not everything is obviously covered. There are always exclusions in any insurance contract. So I guess it's uh, rather important to be aware of those. Absolutely. And there's a few points also to take in consideration, consideration Volker, is that um, the one thing, were you as a dog owner negligent? Um, did you take all reasonable measures? Um, that is, did you put up a sign to, to warn people that you have dogs on your premises? And I don't even say vicious dogs, you have dogs on your premises. Did you, do you have a gate up? Do you have a fence up? Do you have measures to make sure that your gate and, and is not opened during certain parts of the day? Um, other points also that needs to be considered, how did the victim act? You know, did the victim do anything to provoke the animal or do something unreasonable? Um, and then the other thing we talk about, the reasonable person, could a reasonable person expect the animal to cause any harm? Um, was the victim warned? that the dog was dangerous. I mean, like now you, you invite someone, let's say a third party onto your premises, and did you inform them that, yes, there's a dog on my premises, yes, the dog can be dangerous, and did the, the third party ignore your advice? Um, so it's, it's a lot of these things come down comes down to what the reasonable human being would expect under these circumstances. But uh, I think, as I mentioned, and I'll mention again, is that in this day and age, um, no person can have any person cannot live without any legal liability. Um, most of your liability policies, um, it depends on company to company, will automatically have some part of cover. Um, normally, it, it is under it's a million rand of cover. Um, but the, again, it depends on insurance company and the, the kind of policy you have. But the advice I would give to listeners here is a absolutely make sure that you've got liability cover on your policy and B, um, extend that cover. Um, as I said, mostly it's, it, it's around about a million 
uh, rand it's included automatically, but I would extend it to 20 million, they, they call it umbrella cover, as we saw in this case from the Klute and van der Meijeren. Um, 2.4 million um, is a big sum amount. And, and, and if you don't have that kind of cover, uh, you can be financially ruined. Uh, imagine that person uh, van Meijeren, let's say, I, I don't know the case, but if you suddenly from nowhere needs to uh, pay up 2.4 million, um, I mean, like you're most probably going to put your children into debt if you if, if you don't have the right cover. Is the um, insurance expensive? Any idea of uh, ideas in terms of the premiums payable? And that's a very good question, um, Volker. And I have two answers there. The one, no, liability uh, cover is not expensive. So as I said, the most policies depends on company to company. It's automatically included, and for a very small premium, you can can include it or extend it. And I would always say to people, absolutely extend it. Um, you cannot have enough liability insurance. And the second um, answer I always give to people, it's the same when we spoke the last time about the cyber policy. Um, what is expensive uh, in terms of you suddenly have a 2.4 million court case um, turned against you? Suddenly that small premium is is is, is, is not expensive. Um, and, and, and I hope that answers your question, Volker. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, thanks a lot, uh, uh, Thomas. The other idea is obviously to make sure that you don't have dangerous dogs. No, that's, uh, I guess, the other warning sign here, uh, specifically, specifically pit bulls. No? You mentioned those statistics. I'm actually surprised by the German shepherd statistic. No, I didn't realize that uh, they can also be uh, quite dangerous. So, uh, yeah, this uh, court case, I guess, is again an indication that you should uh, think twice to have any uh, dangerous dogs like pit bulls, uh, you know, in, in uh, as, as your uh, dogs. All right. Thanks a lot, yeah. uh, Thomas. Yeah, okay. That's, that's, uh, apologies for interrupting it. It's a very valid point, but um, I'm always thinking uh, when I was young, I, I was taught that the ship is safe in a harbor, but it's only when a ship is out in the sea that it is utilized what it's made for. And we cannot prevent people of having dogs and we cannot prevent people of having dangerous dogs. As I mentioned earlier, is that most of us have dogs, and most of us must probably have dangerous dogs to protect our property, especially in South Africa. But the advice then is, if you live in these circumstances, just make sure, contact your broker, and make sure that you have um, the right insurance um, for your circumstances, and make sure that, A, you have on your personal legal liability as an extension on your policy, and if you have it, please do extend it under the umbrella cover. Thanks again, Thomas. That's all we have time for today. Remember, our email address is info at vvd.co.za. Thanks for listening. Make sure that you tune in again next week, Wednesday, between 3 o'clock and 4 o'clock, and then also on Friday evenings.